Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I'm your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me and my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is February 6, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, first segment is entitled Jalen Ramsey and Derwin James versus Ed Reed and Sean Taylor. And here's what I wrote about that. Um, Jalen Ramsey and Derwin James versus Ed Reed and Sean Taylor. Wow. This isn't a fair comparison, but I will try. Jalen Ramsey, great cover guy with speed and will tackle. One of the best DBs in Florida State history. He was a top five pick when he went to the pros. Uh, Thus far in his career, I would say he's lived up to the hype. Still a really young player. I think he's like 25. Um, In my opinion, he could be a Hall of Famer one day if he continues to trend uh, the way he's been trending. All right, Derwin James, a great athlete. Um, He can play either safety position, great tackler and hitter. He had a great rookie year. He made the Pro Bowl. Um, His second year, he's been injured most of the season, but the sky's the limit for this guy if he can stay healthy. All right, so that's the Florida State. Uh, Ed Reed and Sean Taylor Ed Reed what can I say Uh, my all time secondary used to be Deion Sanders Rob Woodson, Ronnie Lott, Steve Atwater Ed Reed has taken Steve Atwater's spot simply one of the greatest players uh, not just safeties to ever uh, lace them up Uh, great in zone, great in man film study was unsurpassed uh, only by Ray Lewis Um, but I think Sean Taylor was better than Ed Reed Sean Taylor could see the play happening before it happened a ball hawk a ferocious hitter he almost killed a kicker in the Pro Bowl he was intense his life and career was cut short due to a burglary at his home um he would have been one of the great ones, no doubt. I mean, obviously the winner here is going to be Ed Reed and Sean Taylor. Um, like I said before on this podcast, man, I'm, I can't deny talent, okay? And as much as I hate the Miami Hurricanes and the Florida Gators, I, I can't deny talent when I see it. I, you know, Javon Curse, Kevin Carter, okay? Fred Taylor for the Gators. I mean, you just can't deny that talent, bro. All right? And it's same thing with Sean Taylor and Ed Reed. They could have been, I mean, Sean Taylor could have been, uh, you know, just an all-time, you know, he could have took the other safety spot for Brownie Lott potentially. So I, I could have had two Hurricanes on, in my all-time secondary. That's how... That's how uh, good I thought. That's how good Sean Taylor was. Not what I think. I mean, just, you know, it is what it is. You know, I re 
uh, Ed Reed and Sean Taylor, I'm going to say win in the landslide on this one. You know, Derwin James and Jalen Ramsey, they're my boys. Florida State, I rock with you all day long. But like I said, I'm not going to deny talent, man. So let me know what you think about that segment. Um, next segment is entitled The Losses. And I, I think I've uh, done something on this before, but, you know, still got the Super Bowl hangover. So the losses hurt more than the joy of winning. The losses hurt more than the joy of of winning. So basically I, I'm saying the joy of winning is not as satisfactory as the agony or the unsatisfactory of losing. All right. And here's what I wrote about that. The losses hurt more than the joy of winning without a doubt. This is a life thing. You remember the bad times more than the good times, especially if you come from humble beginnings. I can recall I can recall I can recall in great detail when Florida State lost a national championship or a rivalry game. I can remember I can't remember any of the wins. I can remember in great detail um when the uh San Francisco 49ers lost those NFC championship games to the Dallas Cowboys. I can remember when Montana left, when Jerry Rice left, when Ronnie Lott left, when Roger Craig left, um, when Deion Sanders left. You know, those kind of losses, they stick with you. Um, you know, when when you have a when you're a fan of a team and you win all the time, you just like the Patriots, Patriot fans. They don't they remember remember their Super Bowl wins, but just you know, wins in the division. Come on, they own that division. Um, still trying to get over that uh, FSU or Florida State lost to Oregon in the first college football playoff. Um, still remember in great detail the thrashing that we received from the Florida Gators in the 1996 uh, National Championship game. Um, I will never forget that day in my Kratos voice, God of War. Um, you know, so you can have a car, it can run great for three or four years, but when you have to replace an alternator or something like that, you ain't, I'll never forget that. $380. <laughs> so, sports mirrors life. Um, the losses hurt more than the joy of winning. It's just, uh, you, you just, you just never forget the hard times when it relates to sports and really just life. Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. The next segment is entitled, um, Norvell keeps getting recruits. Will Florida State go cheap again? Norvell keeps getting recruits. Will, will Florida State go cheap again? I hope not. 
but you never know. Jimmy Sexton is Norvell's agents, and I've profiled Jimmy Sexton before on this podcast. Um, he had to say something before Mike Norvell took this job about, you know, Florida State being notoriously cheap when it comes to uh, football. Um, any Any good agent would have to say something to look out for his client. Um, Florida State has to realize by now that being cheap is not the answer. You can't expect national championships with a low-budget commitment. Norvell is pulling in recruits because of his offensive prowess and maybe Florida State's name. This is a rebuild. All checkbooks need to be open, boot to the boosters all your checkbooks need to be open we cannot afford a fourth mediocre year i think the fan base will permanently check out if we don't turn it around this year um this university has uh failed to put a quality product on the field for three consecutive years this fan base is tired of the nonsense uh, we all know how college football works in two, in 2020, so let's get it done. I, I Florida State has money. They don't have Texas A&M money or Alabama money, but they got money, and they just need to pony up, man. It's really that simple. Um, you know, um, somebody sent me something on YouTube about Jimbo Fisher and his wife cheating on him and all this stuff and he just needed to get away hey man that stuff happens to everybody every day man okay and most people can't quit their job and start over so you know when stuff happens to you in life stuff stuff happens to everybody every day you gotta compartmentalize and just put that stuff in the back of your head and focus on the job at hand so, you know, so you telling me going to College Station is therapy for him? He, I mean, what has he done there? But I didn't want to turn this into a Jimbo Fisher thing. This is about Mike Norvell. Um, he's doing, I think he's doing a great job. The man has got three quarterback commitments in less than three months on the job. I mean, that's saying something. Willie Taggart was here for almost two years and couldn't get, couldn't recruit any quarterback. You know, I know Jeff Sims committed, but he wasn't officially, you know, there yet. So, um, so let me know what you think about this segment. All right. And moving on to the next segment, which is entitled Never Lose Faith When Your Team Loses a Title Game. And this is what I wrote about that. Never lose faith when your team loses a title game. Winning and losing is a part of the game, but losing in a title game sucks. I've seen fans jump ship after a title loss. As a fan, you must stick with your team. Don't be a front runner. You got to carry the team banner through the wins and losses, through the title years and the lean years. Um, I can't find any Golden State Warriors fans this year. 
but everybody was on their bandwagon from what was it 2014 up until last year um back in the day everyone was on the chicago bulls right now you have to put out an apb to find to find a bulls fan i understand everybody likes winners but there can only be one champion in any sport um i could never jump ship i don't even know who i would pick um i can't even imagine pulling for another team um be a true fan not a front runner um you know you you see this really in the with the young people today you talk to them about sports they'll say well this is my main team and this is my backup team and i'm looking at them your backup team i i and i'm just looking at them, i'm like I, how how do you have a backup team well if my if my main team ain't doing right then i got a backup team that i know is gonna do something I, and i just tell them that's not what real fans do you get one team you stick with them through thick and thin all right well you and if you're not happy with your team then you just change to a whole nother team you don't you can't root for i mean you can't it's just it's just unspoken rules to being a fan man and clearly these millennials no offense don't understand that all right so let me know let me let me uh let me know what you think about that segment right there. All right. And the last segment is entitled Andy Fuller, the defensive coordinator, runs a 4-3 multiple defense. And I've highlighted this defense before, but I just wanted to take another look at it. All right. And here's what I wrote about that. The defensive coordinator, Andy Fuller, runs a 4-3 multiple, uh, which will use primarily four down linemen with DBs, or defensive backs and linebackers being interchangeable. Uh, Florida State has so many options at defensive back and linebacker, it's ridiculous. I stated uh, the projected, projected starters, in my opinion, on a previous episode, but I will say it again. Defensive line, Kando, Wilson, Durden, and Robinson. Linebackers, McCray, Rice, and Gaynor. Um corners Sante Samuel Hakeem Dent um, safeties Lars Woodby and Nashville Dean I think uh, Renardo Green Jarvis Brownlee Kayvon Glenn Kalen DeLoach Travis J along with several others will get a lot of playing time um, the different looks you can give an offense are endless um, again like I said the hybrid outside linebackers that are still on this roster are going to have to step up. Um, they're going to have to play. Quayshawn Fuller, Jamarcus Chapman, Malcolm Ray, Derek McClendon. They're going to have to step up, man. Um, they're going to have to ball this year. Um, the defense will be ahead of the offense when this season starts. All right? Let me know what you think about that segment. That's going to conclude this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. It's available on YouTube, it's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. 
Thank you to all the people that listen to this podcast on a daily basis. I really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate your continued support. And as always, go Knowles.